Hey everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard and man does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. Uh, my name is Mitch Schultz and I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, so today we are, uh, Dan Stegman and I, my, my uh, co-host on these podcasts and also Dan has come on as a uh, director of pastoral care for Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, We're going to be sitting down uh, kind of over coffee, not really over coffee, it's over Zoom, but as though we were just sitting around the table talking about what this ministry is all about, what is Fruitful Vine uh, all about, and uh, why do we do it, and what is the history of it, and so it's a... it was refreshing for us to sit down and, and talk about this. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump in here. Dan will be leading. We have this conversation about what is Fruitful Vine Ministry. Hey, everyone. My name is Dan Stegman, and I want to thank everyone for tuning into this podcast episode. Trust that you're well and that you're experiencing the joy of Jesus today. We know that life is hard sometimes. We know that ministry is hard, but there's nothing better than knowing Jesus and serving Jesus. Well, I'm excited today because I get to to take over as host, or I guess you could say co-host, and I get to ask Mitch a lot of questions. So I'm excited for this. And And I'm nervous for this. Well, don't be too nervous. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It it is different being on the other side of it, but we've done this a couple times, so I think uh, I think we're getting used to it. But I'm looking forward to doing this with you, Dan. Good, good. I am too. And so the, the big question, the question that I get asked, um, the question that you've been asked a lot, Mitch, is what is Fruitful Vine Ministry? What is before you quit? Why? Does this ministry exist? So I, I just want to jump in right there. In yeah. a nutshell, what is Fruitful Vine? Yeah. So so basically why we call it that as well. Um, it's it's not a title that is easy to understand or, or explains itself. So it does need an explanation. Um, but it comes out of so when I when I started this 10 years ago. Um, I sat down, we'll talk a little bit about how all that came together, but sat down with a bunch of guys to hammer out, uh, you know, the, the vision purpose of the ministry, uh, but obviously, obviously needed a title. And so I happened to be reading Genesis 49 and in verses 22 to 24, it refers to Joseph as a fruitful vine. And it, the, the verse says he's a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall with bitterness, archers attacked him. And right there, I thought about many pastors who uh, are often attacked by bitter people, by antagonistics, uh, antagonistic people. And then the verses, they shoot at him with hostility. But then get this, but his bow remained steady. His strong arm stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Uh, I almost we almost called the ministry Steady Bow Ministry, <laughs> uh, which would have been good. But the the guys felt like no fruitful vine seems to convey more what we want to see out of this ministry. So again, to sum up, what happened to Joseph is what we want to see happen to pastors that they're near a spring, that they're immersed in the Word of God, that their branches are climbing over a wall. In other words, they're they're productive. 
And even though there's bitter archers attacking them and they shoot at him with hostility, we often hear kind of cynically that a pastor has a, a target on his back and uh, he has a target on his chest, target on his head. And uh, that's the just realities of of life in the church that uh, and we'll talk a little bit about maybe, you know, why that's the case. I've done a lot of podcasts about, you know, difficult people in the church, so we probably won't get deep into that. Uh, but we want them to uh, to have a steady hand as as they shoot the bow. I mean, not that they're shooting back, but uh, I think we know what we mean by that. And it's all because of the mighty hand of of the one of Jacob, the shepherd, the rock of Israel. So that's what's behind it. That's uh, that's the name. And then uh, before you quit is the podcast, and it's we're almost at the place where we're kind of interchangeably referring to the ministry as fruitful vine ministry or before you quit, but it, it's formally be, uh, fruitful vine ministry. Great, great. So the the mission. The formal mission is building spiritually strong ministry leaders who impact the world for Christ. Yeah, and I love that mission statement and the emphasis there on spiritually strong. That's that's really, really important because a lot of times uh, pastors are expected to be, you know, strong communicators and strong relationally and strong managerially and and with counseling and all these things that that are good and important but it starts with having that that vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and when you have that you can endure whatever comes your way right i mean there and there's there's a lot yes. of things that come your way yes so yeah, I, I love that mission statement yeah, and and we'll we'll be referring to the podcast too, and in the mission statement that we have there, uh, you know, bringing courage and perspective when serving gets hard. But yeah, a lot of the focus of the ministry is, uh, I mean, obviously, it's uh, I, I have a lot of opportunities to help guys navigate just practically different difficult things they're experiencing in their church, and that that's taking on more of a, a coaching mantle. But a lot more of what I do it has to do with the heart. Uh, the the condition of their heart um, are they are they healthy spiritually are they in the word if they're anger if there's anger there you know just helping process what's in the heart there um, I, and the product of that will be a more effective pastor um, right but uh, but the focus is is definitely on on the health of the person in ministry so let's go back ten years mm -hmm, uh, a decade you know that, yeah hard to believe. But give us some of the details uh, behind the founding of the ministry. How did the Lord lead you to start such such a ministry as this? Yeah, yeah, good, good question. Um, well, it my last church was my hard church. Uh, I pastored in the Smoky Mountains. It was a large church. Uh, I had followed a guy that had had moral failure. I've talked a lot about that through the years and in, in these podcasts. And um, and so what Joseph experienced, we experienced uh, a lot in in that church. And um, as it was coming to an end, and we realized, well, even even during the you know several healthy years there, I I envisioned I was in my early fifties then, and I uh, I'm always a forward thinker. It's it's even makes me restless, and that's something I've had to to work through in my own life personally. 
Um, but I, I always, I, I try to imagine, okay, Mitch, what, what are you going to be doing when you're in your sixties? And, uh, for some reason I had this arbitrary number in my mind that when I'm 59, I'd like to start a ministry that, that helps pastors and missionaries, international workers, ministry leaders, uh, to, to navigate difficult stuff. And, um, and so when we were in transition, I was only 52 uh, 53. And when we were trying to figure out what we're going to do next, the logical thing would have been to candidate at another church. And, um, I just felt like, I mean, part of it is I felt like my wife was, was tired. We were both tired. Um, she's, she's struggled a lot, you know, as I've talked about her story a lot in, in my podcast, but she had, she had brain cancer, um, when she was in her mid thirties and, you know, so so ad adapting to new environments, uh, you know, uh, learning people's names, stuff like that has just been really difficult. So I felt there was just a combination of things <clears throat> where I, I began to think, hey, why not start this ministry now? So uh, in 2014, it was a scary time because, you know, at that stage, you're wondering, well, how, how am I going to make a living with this? And I mean, you're kind of going through that same stage right now yourself as you're joining Fruitful Vine. Um, but I'd had a team of guys that worked with me in church planting. We were, uh, I was over uh, a church planting network that a number of us had started in the Western Carolina area. And so in 2014, <clears throat> as I was considering this ministry, I sat down with these guys and processed it with them and they spoke into my life and um, and they're the ones that end up being on my board and, and half of them are still on my board 10 years later. Um, so it officially started in 2014 and had to, um, immediately, you know, raise funds for it. And, um, the hardest person to tap was my father-in-law because I felt like, Hey, this guy could really be helpful here. He, he was living with <laughs> us half the year and, um, but he just, he didn't believe the statistics. Um, you know, so I gave him a brochure that we we're putting together showing that, you know, um, a thousand pastors leave the ministry a month. Um, and I, I forget all the other statistics, but I had to give him the actual footnotes and the, and the origin yeah. of those, those resources. And then finally, when he realized, he goes, Whoa, I, okay, I'm behind you guys. So, um, and he was, he was a significant donor during the years that he lived. Yeah. Well, I'm sure over 30 years of ministry or however many years in ministry at that point, you just observed what was going on in the churches around you and just the American church in general. And you notice that there's, there's a lot of unhealthiness here. There's um, expectations that the church or the, the board places upon pastors that are, are not fair or unbiblical. And, a lot of pastors are struggling. So there's a great need for, for a ministry like this. And so you had, I'm sure at the, at the beginning, you had this vision of this is, this is the need. Mm -hmm. um, this is how we can strive to meet that need. How has, how has that evolved over the years or, or has it mostly stayed the same over the course of 10 years in terms of like the, the ministry vision? Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to get I'd love to get back on on 
you know why ministry is hard in in the U.S. So uh, I assume you'll you'll bring that up again. But um, you know, we started. I started out, and this fits more my my temperament, my personality. Um, it started out and has remained a, a very relational ministry. And so there were a lot, there's a, there are a lot of structured ministries out there. You could, you could Google it. And, and most ministries that are designed to uh, help hurting pastors and, and ministry leaders and international workers are very structured. Um, there's a retreat center you go to, or there's assessments you take, there's, you know, formal coaching, there's, you know, it, it can require high costs. And, um, but I, I, I said, Hey, this is going to be an over the coffee type of ministry. I, I just want to sit down with, with people and, and listen to them and help them process. And, uh, so that it started that way. It's remained that way. Now, early on, I traveled a lot. I think my first three years, I traveled six times overseas and that was as either a speaker at a retreat. For example, I went to Peru with Elaine and we spoke at Wycliffe's uh, annual retreat there in Peru, which was so fun. Um, did that in France, uh, did that in England. Um, but other times the, you know, the denomination that I, I've been with uh, would send me, uh, this was prior to COVID, would send me to uh, help uh, a, a family, several families that are going through crisis, a uh, couple times uh, helping teams that were in conflict. Um, in fact, I was supposed to go to Africa right before COVID to help a team that I've been working with for a year uh, over Skype. That's when Zoom mm -hmm. wasn't popular. That was Skype days. Um, and I was supposed to go there to, uh, you know, to final finalize that uh, that part of my ministry with them but uh, but covid changed everything and then my my father-in-law was also dying during that time uh so i haven't traveled overseas as much but um you know most of what i do is is very relational and just um help again bring encourage and perspective when serving gets hard and uh and that that's what i do i can't change what people are going through usually i can't uh i don't have access to that and if he or she if it's a wife of a pastor or, or they don't have the access to change what's going on, then the, the best thing I can do, which is really the best thing you can do, is to give them perspective and to help them understand that, uh, hey, ministry is tough. It's always been tough, and it's going to remain tough, but I want you to have that, again, that steady, uh, steady hand as you're holding the bow, as you're doing what you're called to do. I want you to be fruitful and, uh, and productive. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So let's go back to that. Um, we, we need to, to touch on this. Uh, ministry is hard. It's always going to be hard. Scripture promises us that that's just the case. Uh, the question is, why is it hard? I, I remember talking to, to this one gentleman and he said, hey, farming's hard, too. <laughs> and and there's a there's a lot of things that are hard, which is which is very true. Yeah, life is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. I mean, that's, but, but we have heaven to look forward to, but, but maybe explain to our listeners, what is it that makes ministry so challenging? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that pastors and ministry leaders are going through that, that maybe your typical lay person just doesn't understand? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good question, and I'm glad we can talk about it because this is really at the heart of my ministry. Uh, well, it it is a hard ministry is hard because it's ministry, and uh, Forbes magazine some years ago says it was fifth toughest job in in the country. You know, as as far as careers, being a pastor mm-hmm. is the fifth toughest job. I'm doing a podcast in a couple of weeks with uh, Sean Nemechek. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I, I saw resources online and a book that he's written. Um, he's a professor. I forget where, um, you know, fa- fairly well established guy, well known in, in the ministry circles. And uh, he talks a lot about trauma and PTSD that pastors experience. And and the the rate of that is is high. Um, so as, as to why, um, again, because life is hard, everything is hard, farming is hard, being a banker is hard. Uh, it's a leadership role, so that makes it hard, but the, it's a spiritual, it's probably the only job that is is designed around um, spiritual principles, you know, so so the, the, the product is not money or gadgets or widgets or whatever, gadgets. Um, gadgets and widgets, <laughs> gadgets and widgets make gadgets. Um, there you go. And and so because it's a spiritual environment, um, there's warfare. There's there's dynamics going on. There's layers that we don't understand. We don't see. And and if if a pastor just sees it just as a job, he's going to get caught up in in that. It's going to be really messy. If he always recognizes that this is a, a spiritual venture, that our battle's not against flesh and blood, uh, but against war, you know, sp- uh, spiritual forces, um, he's going to be stronger for that. And so I, that's one reason it's a it's a spiritual uh, venture uh, that we're in, which which means there's a real enemy. And um, and also it's you know Charles Spurgeon says that the uh, the church is like a hospital. It's uh, it's full of sick people, and um, and sick people are going to behave in, in sickly ways. And you have sinful people within churches that that have you know bad intent, and there are wounded people in churches, and and you know hurt people hurt people, as the adage goes. And uh, people that are wounded that haven't resolved their wounds will will tend to wound others. And uh, and oftentimes the pastor is the is the target of that. Um, I think what makes it different, um, you know, minister. I, I believe ministry is hard anywhere. Uh, I think in the difference between the church in the U.S. and internationally, particularly in poorer countries, is uh, we tend to unwelcome the difficulty, whereas overseas it's expected. Right. Um, so if a pastor for himself is hurting or or facing failure or difficulty, he's going to think something's wrong. And the people he's serving uh, are going to think he's there's something wrong or he's the wrong man um, or he's he's failing us. And we don't have a theology, a good theology of suffering. And uh, I think that's changing. I think I think COVID or I know COVID definitely blasted COVID, as I call it. Uh, really, really changed the the dynamics within the church, and um, and we we know it's difficult now. And I think we're more pre- when you know something's difficult, you're going to go into it more, you know, well prepared. Yeah, yeah, good point. I remember this is in the early years, probably maybe the second year of my um, pastoral ministry, 
And I was part of this group of pastors. It was one of those pastors fellowships. And the one gentleman who pastored a pretty decent sized church, uh, this is in Ohio. And he, he told us that he was <laughs> leaving the ministry for good. Mm -hmm. And so naturally we asked him why, you know, what, what's wrong, what's going mm -hmm. on. And he said, I like being a preacher and a teacher of God's word. I enjoy the, the shepherding aspect, but I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being a manager. Mm -hmm. And I've never, mm -hmm. I, that's stuck with me. Um, would you say that there's some dynamics of the American church that, that kind of play into the stress levels and discouragement that pastors typically experience? Because I'm, I'm going to venture to say that, that, you know, the, the pastor in Africa or overseas or it, maybe even here that is pastoring a 50 person church. It's, it's really simple ministry doesn't deal with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you say yeah. that that's the case? Yeah. I mean, the expectation for the pastor to, uh, I mean, I almost want to say to perform for us, but, but you look at what's happening within the whole environment of, of church. Um, it, it's, you know, it's competing with the world. You know, the it, you see that with what goes on on the stage and and the lights yep. and the sounds and um, I mean to to maintain that level of production uh, requires a lot of work and and almost perfection. I mean these these things require you know the the sounds got to be perfect, the lights have to be perfect, the projection needs to be perfect. Uh, otherwise, people are going to complain. And um, and and those, in my view, those things have um, you know have have made the the preaching of the word rather secondary. And uh, so when people evaluate the service, they're not thinking just about the sermon, which I I think they should. They're thinking about like, hey, you know, this this didn't sound good, or the people didn't look good, or drums were too loud, and you know, blah blah blah. Um, so I I think uh, I I think we've place that on ourselves and we we've set up a, a condition that makes it almost impossible for the pastor to be less than perfect and um and for the pastor who wants to just simply preach the word you know preach christ and him crucified uh it's it's a lot easier in a in a small church of less than a hundred uh without all the the hoopla that's associated with it does that make sense oh yeah yeah, well, it makes total sense to me, and and I hope that uh, our listeners are kind of starting to grasp that, too, because it's, you know, a lot of times the pastor tries to put on a good front, um, but the reality is a lot of pastors are struggling, and yeah. Yeah. even though that there's nothing, like I said in the intro, there's nothing greater than serving Jesus, there's, there's nothing more fulfilling in life, it, it's hard. And like you said before, uh, you're ministering to sheep and sometimes sheep bite and sometimes that can be painful. And the pastor is he's just a man. He's right in the middle of his own sanctification. So um, so there are yeah, I, the most the most fulfilling churches I've been in or even seasons in several churches I've been in have been where the expectation of me has been just simply to, to preach the word. Yeah. Uh, and and to shepherd them well, you know, to love them, which uh, was always a high value to me. 
And um, when it became more than that, that's when it, it became very tough. Yeah. That's why I, I've enjoyed pastoring churches of under 50 way more than, you know, the, the, the church I was at was, was, you know, significantly larger multi-staff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I was an associate pastor in a large church, uh, but that, that was healthy and, I, I really grew and enjoyed that, and I think that church then and even now uh, has has made it about the gospel and um, you know the simplicity of the gospel. And uh, yeah. so that that's when I look back, that's that's a refreshing season. Yeah, there's something to be said for the small church. I remember um, years ago talking to a, a seminary friend of mine who's pastoring in New York City. And I told them the size of our church, which was probably like 70. And, and he said, just, you know, just blurted it out. I envy you. I envy you. And kind of went yeah. into all the, yeah. all the pressures and the stresses that he deals with yeah. in terms of a, a large multi-ethnic church. But here's yeah. another well, the question. Church, the, the church I, uh, I'm currently attending, they... You know they have a goal of 100 people being baptized this year, and and uh, so high high expectation, and I it it puts pressure on on the pastors. Um, I, it really puts a lot of pressure on the Holy Spirit. I hope he can handle it. I I think he can. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm being snarky there, um, but but yeah, again, if the expectation is is hey, preach the word, uh, teach us the scripture, teach us the gospel, remind us of the gospel, uh, weekly and, and preach the word expositionally. Um, I'm interviewing a guy this afternoon and we're going to be talking a lot about this, that, uh, you know, what, what is the role of the pastor and, and, uh, just in its simplicity. And, um, I, I find myself talking a lot more about this as well, which is really interesting as I, I reflect over the 10 years. And as I, as I work with pastors, I'm I'm talking a lot more about the you know his theology of of what his role is all about. Absolutely, good stuff. So here's another question: uh, You started the ministry ten years ago, and along the way, you started this podcast before you quit. Uh, when did you start it? I mean, not that that those details are are that important, but yeah, tell maybe just a, a little bit behind how it got started and, and the tagline. I mean, it just fits everything yeah. that we've been talking about bringing courage and perspective when serving gets hard. So just, if you could take us back however many years to the, to the, the Genesis of. Before yeah. Quit. Yeah. I think it was 26, no, 2017 or 18 that I started it. Um, I, I always want to do a podcast. I just didn't know it was so as easy as it was. And I, I met with a couple guys who were, uh, who were familiar with how to set it up. And, um, so I, I just did it and, and, you know, it's been, I've got 118 podcasts now and a great reach. I mean, it's amazing, uh, what the reach has been. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but the, the name, interestingly, when I hit the wall, uh, or hit the fan, in my last ministry, I, I did something. I, I kind of lashed out at everybody in an email and the, uh, the district superintendent called me and said, uh, he was really gracious because Mitch, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And so he, he offered to pay for Elaine and me to go to this retreat center 
in uh, Fairhaven, which is in near Elizabethton, Tennessee. It's uh, a, if people want a place to just get away, it's for it's for pastors and burned out pastors, hurting pastors, and they they provide counseling there as well. And so Elaine and I were there. It's February of uh, I forget what year. Uh, I think maybe 2012, and I was uh, there. All they had were books on the shelves, no TV, no radio. And I picked up this book by Blaine Smith or Blaine Allen uh, called "Before You Quit," and it simply went through the the narrative of Old Testament, New Testament, where every servant of God, every shepherd, every prophet uh went through deep hardship and by the end of it you know the the whole point was is that uh hey before you quit consider these things and um and that survived my that's what saved my ministry and i think it's what saved my sanity as well and um and it was good for elaine and i to go to go through that um but uh so that that's where the title came from before you quit and i i thought what a what a great way to to do podcasts uh, uh around you know hey for pastors that are struggling want to quit before you quit consider all these things and then each topic yep. each podcast is something that we hope you will consider before you quit and by the way some quit and it's 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 right it's good you know there there are pastors who who quit and they're healthy and they move on to something else that's still ministry. It could be a farmer, it could be retirement, whatever, but they're, they're not bitter and uh, they're in a good place. So that's, that's, it's not always about keeping people in ministry. It's, it's for them to be in a good place. Great. Great. And I think it's pretty obvious from, if if you start to to look through all the topics and all the episodes, it's, it's not just about, pastors who are in crisis. It's not just those who are kind of on the brink of quitting. There's a, there's a, a wide variety of topics that you've covered mm-hmm. and a lot of people that, that you've interviewed. In fact, probably most of the episodes are interviews. Could you speak to um, maybe your favorite one or two people that you interviewed that was just a lot of fun and you found it mm-hmm. really invigorating? Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be fun for me to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can I can tell you the the most famous person I interviewed was Stuart Briscoe. Uh, a lot of people will be familiar with him. He was a pastor of a large church in Milwaukee, but very well known internationally. Um, the podcast that I almost got but didn't happen was was Costi Hinn, which is Benny Hinn's nephew. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we actually we actually interacted several times, and then he just got way too busy. I mean, he he suddenly just you know his popularity just uh, exploded, and uh, so that that would have been exciting. Uh, and if if people don't know who he is, look him up, Costi uh, Hinn. He's uh, uh, j- just been really effective and and particularly you know tapping um the the whole you know tendency of prosperity gospel which is uncle is all about to back again to the simplicity of the gospel and uh so yeah that i wish i'd done that um you know as as you're asking that i think my favorite podcast was with my dad oh yeah who passed away about six weeks ago and uh uh you know he grew up in world war under nazi occupation in world war ii and uh, so again, people can just, you know, just, uh, on the website, just search John Schultz and, uh, or just 
you know, type in keywords like Nazi occupation. And uh, so, and, and again, this is a little bit of a side, but if you're, because we have about 120 podcasts, if you're looking for a particular subject, rather than scrolling through, just type type the word in the search area and uh, what you're looking for. It's likely that uh, the podcast you're looking for will will pop up. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun for me. Just the other day, I was kind of scrolling through and, and I was like, wow, you mm-hmm. have interviewed a lot of people. You've done a lot of podcasts. And, and yes, like you said, it's so much simpler these days, but it does take a lot of work. You have to edit all these. You don't have a staff that's kind of doing that. So it, it does take work. Um, and I think, uh, well, I know you are blessing a lot of people through this work, through this ministry. Let me ask, ballpark estimate, God only knows, but how many ministry leaders have you met with in person or by phone, Zoom, et cetera? Mm. Um, over the course of 10 years, that starts to add up. But yeah, you know, maybe you could speak to that. I that's that's impossible to say. I I would say uh, you know several hundred, which might not sound like a lot, but if you if you look at you know a pastor who pastors you know fifty to hundred people, you know how how many people you're really we're really affecting or have we we've been able to help? Um, yeah, and and the traveling overseas, speaking to you know missionary retreats and. Um, but I, I would say the podcasts have had an interesting reach. Um, I, you know, I, I have a dashboard where I look at the podcast and um, sometimes I'll post this on Facebook, but there'll be, you know, 20, 30 people in China, in Nepal or uh, Pakistan or India um, who are listening to the podcast. So I, I have no idea what the, what, what the impact there is, uh, but that's that's really encouraging. Um, you know, when uh, I, I shared with you before we hit record on this, that my, the day that we officially started the ministry, the next day I got a phone call, uh, from a guy who, um, was pastoring a church and he had been, uh, involved in a relationship that, uh, uh, ended up costing his marriage even. Um, but that, that was, you know, the, the the very first call I got was was a guy in crisis, and um, and I look at where he is now. He's you know uh, restored in his own life and and with the Lord. And uh, I've actually interviewed him in in my podcast. I won't go into details on that, uh, but um, you know, it's been from that to someone some you know a year or two ago a pastor said i'm i'm just bored can you help me <laughs> you know? really so yeah yeah and uh and we we talked for several months and then at at the you know now when i kind of check in on him he's thriving his church is thriving and uh so i've gone from you know extremes of moral failure to boredom as uh, <laughs> uh kind of the issues that i'm i'm working with <laughs> yeah so maybe you've already answered this, but what would you say is most gratifying about this ministry? I mean, it's in some ways it's different from pastoral ministry when you're mm-hmm. leading a church. Uh, but in some ways there's there's a lot of similarities. But what would you say is, is most gratifying now that you've been doing this for 10 years? Yeah, um, this might seem a little canned, but I, I really mean this. It, it's to know that there are pastors who have courage and perspective you know they had 
the the courage comes from perspective and and the perspective that i um i i process with the pastor is the gospel and and their calling mm -hmm. and um uh you know and then and then once they have the, that right anchoring and perspective they have courage to go back like when i went on my retreats and I said it rescued my ministry. I went back and it it was hell. I mean, it it was things got way yep. worse. Um, but I was okay, you know. So so the environment stayed unhealthy, became even more unhealthy, but I end up being okay through it uh, because I had perspective. Um, so uh, yeah, that that that's that's essentially how I would answer that question. I think if the pastor has a strong sense of calling, like mm -hmm. he knows deep down, this is what God has called him to do. No matter what he goes through, no matter how hard it is, he's going to have that strength, that God given yeah. strength yeah. to endure. Yeah. And so if, you know, if there's one thing that we're aiming to do, um, hoping to do is, is certainly to offer encouragement, but also to, to help pastors see that, you know, you, you need to, to understand that you're called by God mm -hmm. and this is a high and holy and sacred calling. And, and when you have that, then you'll have the strength to endure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, that's the heart of it. You know, it's interesting when you were talking about calling, just to uh, give you an example of the kind of podcast I do, there's a professor here at Tacoa Falls College who wrote a book called Not Called. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and he challenges the whole idea of special calling to, to ministry. <laughs> um, so again, the, the, interesting. yeah, that just, you know, that was a prompt for me to, uh, remember the, the, that's the kind of thing, you know, and, and a lot of times, I mean, back to the podcast, I'll read a book and I'm like, man, this, I've got to reach the author of this book. And, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times as someone fairly well-known, oh, Ted Tripp was the other one I, I interviewed that was exciting. Um, Paul I Tripp's brother. Up. Yeah. You set that up. That's right. Did, yeah. That's right. So that's another, that's another fairly well-known one. Um, there's a, a counselor, uh, Jim Newhausen, I think is how you pronounce his name. He, he wrote a lot about, uh, you know, adult children that rebel. He has three sons and all three of them are atheists and he's a pastor and a counselor. And, uh, and that, that, you know, that resonates with people when, you know, there, a lot of us are struggling with, you know, adult children who've walked away from the Lord. And, uh, so I try to find topics like that, that I know are, are really practical and, and you'll find, I, I, probably have never done a podcast on how to structure um you know your your drums on the stage or uh, <laughs> um you know but um i actually i did do a podcast i think maybe with you and dan sams on how to structure your service and it's it's all based on you know two verses in the end of colossians and uh so dan uh, who who pastors home uh, house church uh, their entire worship service is, is designed around, you know, two scriptures. And so I guess I have, I have talked about how to design a service. There you but, go. Uh, that must've been somebody else that. Yeah. It wasn't you. Was okay. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a, an opportunity to, to speak to this, uh, this new position that I'm holding, which is director of pastoral care. So as of the new year, 
I'm on board with Fruitful Vine Ministry. Super excited. This is, it was in the planning for two or three months before it actually happened. So officially I'm, I'm on board with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to share how we connected and how, how, and we can interact a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, how the so relationship goes, grew. Yeah, so back in 2020, uh, right in the early days of the pandemic, um, you Man, we call it, we call it blasted COVID. Blasted COVID. There yeah. we go. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so long ago now. I wow. know, I know. But you had had posted a, a paper online, and actually, my wife Stephanie. Um, tracked it down she read it she liked it she suggested that i read it so so i did i read it and i liked it and you actually left your email address on mm-hmm. the paper mm-hmm. and so i contacted you just to to thank you for your work your research into that and that was the start of the relationship we just uh, i think i haven't really looked back but i think we just started emailing and it was in 2021 that you invited me to come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that was probably like episode 80 or 82, somewhere in there. And we talked about Jonathan Edwards. We talked about his view of the ministry. And, yes. and that was that was fun. I was pretty nervous back then. I was, <laughs> no, you <laughs> did you did great. You did great. Yeah. And and you you were my co-host for uh, probably a good year before we started talking about, you know, you partnering with Fruitful Vine or coming on board with the ministry. Not quite. It was, yeah, I think it was more like summer of 2023 that I started yeah, doing that. Yeah. And you but came, that, you, you, you tell the story a little bit because I don't think we, we've ever talked about this, but, and if you're comfortable to, if not, we'll edit this out, but how you came to a church during COVID and you were yeah. asked to pastor people that you weren't even able to be with. Yeah, no, I'm perfectly comfortable sharing that. Yeah, we we went to a church, Pine Glen Alliance Church, um, in well, we candidated in February of 2020, and we were there just a couple weeks later. We it was really really quick, and so we we had like three Sundays before everything shut down for that blasted COVID. <laughs> there we go. And it so, feels yeah, good that, to say that, doesn't it? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So there, there was, there was a challenge that I wasn't banking on. Yeah. And you know, I share that, but every other pastor, maybe they weren't starting off a ministry, but that's but that a unique, was, that's a unique challenge. That yeah. was a unique challenge. I didn't know anybody in the church, and and then we were just we were shut down for many many weeks before we could actually start up services again yeah so it was it wasn't long after that that you and i met um or at least we were introduced by email and and the friendship started and and then the lord opened the door for me to be to be a part of fruitful vine so i'm i'm very excited about this opportunity and um did, did that cover it did i yeah yeah absolutely and i you know i i'd add to that that you bring uh, something to the table that uh, I think builds off what I've done. Uh, I mean, your your age as well. I think you can 
you can take this uh, further than than it's at. Um, I'm only you know, 22. You're only 22. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you're not 42 right um but yeah yeah because i i don't have the energy to travel overseas anymore and i know that's uh that's something on your heart um but uh but we're both writers and i i think an area that we want to maybe focus on uh you know i've i've said that the basis of this ministry is very relational but we want resources um in fact in a month you and i are going to uh, discuss a little booklet that I wrote called 10 things pastors or 11 things pastors struggle with, but never talk about and how to change that. And, uh, so that's, that's a, you know, a resource that uh, I'm, I'm hoping to, and I've, I've done this already. I just didn't have the book published. I just used it as a tool to gather pastors together. And I took probably about 20 pastors through this. Several other guys have taken groups of pastors through this, uh, to discuss things that normally they don't talk about when they gather together. So, um, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll develop, you know, better resources. Um, and I will, I will mention too, that, you know, both of us raise funds to do this ministry. And I don't think I ever talk about, you know, the, the need for donations in these podcasts, but if, um, if people want to, you know, you just got a lot of money around, you don't know what to do with, uh, go, <laughs> go to our website, which is, uh, before you quit dot us, www before you quit dot us, uh, or fruitfulvineministry.com, which takes you to the new website and, uh, go to the support us page and give it all to Dan because we're doing okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you're, this is a developing thing for you. You're, you're pacing yourself uh we're growing together we're talking about what this looks like and uh as you said it is yeah it's very exciting yeah it is so thank you for all the supporters out there who are already giving and yeah if if you have a heart for the ministry and and you can embrace the vision of the ministry then just pray about what the lord would have you to give uh but thank you everyone thank you mitch for um, just what you've done and how you've served well over all these years. And I'm excited about the future, what mm. the Lord has in store for this ministry and, and how we can serve the church in this way that, you know, the global church. So um, I think that's it. I think yeah. We'll thank you, Dan. And yeah, just one last thing, encourage people who listen to this. And I know this happens a good bit, uh, because people have shared that they've done this, but to uh, recommend these podcasts to your pastor, if if you're not pastoring and you listen to these, uh, share it with your elders and encourage them to to listen to these and to look over you know the different offerings we have. So, yeah, but good job, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today on Before You Quit, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. Uh, please also go to our website, beforeyouquit.us, www.beforeyouquit.us, and uh, check out. We've combined the Fruitful Vine Ministry website with this, so you can check out who we are um, and also how to support us, as we talked about at the end of the podcast. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. 
And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.